the After Work Drinks Club, a business podcast where I chat with influential movers and shakers, top achievers, and all-round incredible people. We explore how they've got to where they are and how you can too. If you want to level up, go make your order at the bar, pull up a seat at the table, and join in, because you belong here. I'm your host, Vanessa Sanyauke, the founder and CEO of Girls Talk London a global agency that empowers thousands of women to develop the skills and confidence to succeed in their careers and life. So if you're listening on your morning commute with a coffee, working from home with a cup of tea, or joining us for after-work drinks, consider this your time to laugh, learn, and level up. On the podcast today, we have Natalie Duval, entrepreneur, actor, podcaster and mum. You have to take a bit of a risk in order to to grow. Yeah. And it's scary taking a risk. It's scary taking investment. It's scary putting yourselves out there. But if you don't, you're just going to stay in the same place. Mm -hmm. Nothing is constant in life apart from change. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the After Work Drinks Club. How are you liking the series so far? I'd love to hear your thoughts. So please leave a review so that more people like you can find the show. For this series, I'm a brand ambassador for Blue Water. And today I'm having a lively lemonade. So cheers. Today, I'm joined by Natalie Duval. She's a co-founder of March Muses, co-host of the Black Mums Upfront podcast and actor. Natalie seems to do it all. I really loved this conversation as Natalie showed me that if you want to see something in the world, you can change it using the resources available to you. And the most important thing is to just get started and to keep going. One of my favourite things about Natalie is she has reassured me that I can have a family without having to limit myself or ambition. Yes! I hope you enjoy this as much as I did. So pour yourself a drink and enjoy this conversation with Natalie Duval. Natalie, welcome to the After Work Drinks Club. How are you? Thank you for having me. (laughs) I'm good. How are you? I am really good. I am super, super excited to have you as a guest on this podcast. And um, before we kind of get into the chat, we ask all of our guests, as it's the After Work Drinks Club, after work, what would you like to order from the bar? So it doesn't have to be alcohol, Um, but what would you want to drink now? Well, it's always alcohol with me. I'm a (laughs) single mum of two, so I don't get through the day without a nice big glass of red. (laughs) <laughs> so that's what I've got right now. That's what I'm drinking. I'm very happy to have it by my side. Oh, fantastic. All right. Well, I've got a uh, Blue Waters Garden Tonic, so we can cheers. Cheers, but cheers. clink, clink. Cheers, cheers. Cheers, cheers, cheers. <laughs> and we should toast, actually, to, I ask all guests this um, this season, uh, to toast to your highlight of the year so far. So what would you say is the highlight of your year so far? Um, the highlight of the year so far is, I mean, just getting through it. <laughs> it's the highlight yeah. just yeah. just to get to where we're at right now. Um, you know what? I think over the last year and a half, we've overcome so much. And I did things that I never thought was possible. You know, I, I homeschooled two children in a pandemic while working full time. Um, and uh, also with my other business as well. So it was just, um, so yeah, I think just getting through the year. 
and not yeah. having a, a meltdown, I think is quite um, an achievement because yes. a lot has happened in like this last year. So yes. that's what I'm cheersing to. Cheers to no you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that is definitely something to toast to. I mean, if we take it back, I know we'll kind of get to this past year, but I just want to take it back because I find this super interesting about you. So you actually have a master's degree in acting. So you're, you know, alongside all of your other incredible achievements and the things that you do, you're also an actor. And I wondered yeah. like how you got into acting and what you do and with acting right now as well. Yeah, so I obviously was came out my mum's belly singing, dancing, acting, musical theatre. Um, I went to the Brit School of Performing Arts. So it's one of the best performing arts schools in this country. It really teaches you about the business. It teaches you not just about being on stage, but being behind the stage and the whole business side of it. And um, amazing people went there like Adele. Amy Winehouse was in the year below me, but obviously she was just Amy Winehouse, she wasn't like anyone special then. She's just that girl that just is always singing in the corridor. Um, wow. And yeah, so I went to East 15, which is like a um, one of the approved drama schools. And I got my master's in acting there. And then from then I toured, I did lots of Shakespeare, did loads of theatre, worked at the Old Vic, did um, 24-hour plays with Kevin Spacey and Jeff Goldblum, did lots of adverts. I seem to be the... Um, the non-threatening black girl. So ah. um, those kind of adverts were like my bag. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously I had babies. And so I had to be like, oh, okay, I need something a bit more a bit more permanent. Um, and so I kind of shifted a bit and did other things while acting. So I would go into schools and do um, workshops and become a workshop facilitator uh, using theatre as a tool to create change and to explore gun and knife crime or bullying or Shakespeare or you know whatever it needed um and yeah I mean acting's like my my first big passion I was in a web series called um Brothers with No Game oh yeah which was like a really really fun series and to this day I still get recognized from that show um and now I still I still act still done um a few adverts with my daughters now which is quite fun so do like the mummy mummy and me adverts um I've got an agent I'm writing a script at the moment so still acting because that is my that's my number one passion Mm -hmm. that's the that's the passion piece but it's feast or famine it's all or nothing with acting so when it's on the nothing side it's like okay what are you doing to to live if you if you're not you know um on stage or on screen so you always have to have your fingers in a lot of pies when you're an actor I think and you do it really well because so you you're you're an actor but you're also you work at uh, Red Bull at leading mm-hmm. on their um, events so how did you make yeah. that transition to from acting to the corporate world then well i went to university and i got a degree in drama and english i know i had my degree and i always wanted to fall back on something just in case because acting is not promised you know you could be the best actor in the world but it really is about who you know being at the right place at the right time and and luck a lot of the time there's so many talented actors that I know who aren't doing anything because you just that big break really is for the privilege it, it feels like um so I when I was acting I literally just used to temp so that was the one thing that a lot of actors do they temp they go to you know they just do reception work or do admin work um and I temped at Red Bull as a receptionist 
many, many moons ago. Um, and it was the one place I loved to go to temp. It was uh-huh. like, because it was just like this cool kind of non-corporate kind of vibe. They had a music studio. Uh, they used to send me to like BHS and all these other places to temp. And it was just so boring. Like I wanted to like rip my eyes out. <laughs> but whenever they were sending me to um, Red Bull, I was like, oh yeah, loved it. And I just became really good friends with like just so many people there because they started to just recognize me all the time. Um, and it started with that, just temping. And as I was temping, I would go and do theatre shows. And then when I wasn't doing theatre, they would call me back and go, oh, isn't that free? And you just, I started to build relationships. I'm a really good, like, relationship builder. I've got really good communication skills. And um, I was temping for them for maybe, like, three or four years, on and off. Mm-hmm. So just in between that time. And then a position came up. And the uh, marketing director was like, we would love you to take this position. I know you're an actress. And if Spielberg calls, he calls. <laughs> like, you go. At least they know. And he literally, <laughs> literally said that. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've got this really good role. I mean, it's a PA role. Um, but we just think that you just be fantastic at it. And at the time, I was like, yeah, why not? <laughs> like, if yeah. Spielberg calls, and he's going to call, by the way. Yes. Um, then, Yeah. And which and it's it was the best decision I made. It really was because it's really been such a great security thing. I've been able to grow in that business while still pursuing all my other things that I like to pursue. Because Red Bull really does give you wings. They really do kind of they 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 love that you are doing other things because if you're doing other things, it means that you're bringing in even more skills to the workplace. Um, That's incredible because I, I wonder how that how that how they do that because that's very rare because a lot of employers get yeah. threatened like oh you know th- this individual this employee's got you know stuff that's going for her basically how do they do that I think, well I don't know but I just think they employ like a lot of the people that work in the marketing team a lot of them are DJs so okay. they they are marketing specialists but they DJ at the side and it's with those links and it's with those it's with those connections that is what makes them better at their job. Right. So I was leading on like um, social innovation for a while. And a lot of what I did in that social innovation space came from my experience as an actor, came from my experience from the network that I had outside of Red Bull and came from a very diverse experience. Of course, Red Bull falls into the category of corporate environment. Mm -hmm. So black people in those corporate environments are almost non-existent. And, you know, Red Bull is no exception. There is still a diversity problem there. But I was able to implement a lot of um, things in Red Bull in terms of um, diversity and inclusion and really pushed that, especially obviously over the last two years with Black Lives Matter being such a huge thing. I've been kind of at the forefront of making sure that diversity at Red Bull is you know, top and center, no matter what. So I was just able to really, um, to just use that. But yeah, I think when I got that role, I was a little bit nervous, like, oh God, getting a full-time job. That means I can't do all the other things, but they were so flexible and, and also my mum. So, you know, okay. they, they really do understand you've got the school run, you've got to pick up the girls. If one of them is sick, they're sick. You can't come in. Like they don't make you feel guilty for having children, which I think some places, you know, you might, some people are scared to say, oh, can I leave early to to pick up my child or to go and see the nativity play? Whereas at where I work, they're like, why aren't you there? That's <laughs> why amazing. are you in work right now? Your child's Ill. like, they're very, but I think it's just about people managers and having good managers. Um, it, it, obviously, not everyone is as lucky as that, but I think it yeah. just comes down to a lot of that. 
That is, I mean, that that's that's really refreshing to hear. I think there's hope. There's hope. <laughs> there's hope out there. That's all I'll say. But okay, so so you you know you, you you work at Red Bull. You um are an actor, and you also have um this super impactful, successful podcast, Black Mums Upfront, and yes. it's incredible. Like not just the content, but you have managed to form partnerships with really big brands. Um, like Nike yeah. and Dub. I mean, how did you get into podcasting? First of all, let's start there. How did you make that transition? Obviously, by accident. It was completely by accident. We um we started like about a couple of years ago, and we literally were just you know black mums coming together to talk about motherhood because there was such a huge gap in the market, and this was also before Black Lives Matter. So yes. this was before, this is when black people didn't exist, apparently. And we just were trying to be seen. Yes. And motherhood for a very long time and still is only seen through one lens. It's seen through a white lens. You become a mum and, you know, there's lots of amazing resources out there, but they're not necessarily for you. You have these amazing platforms called like Mumsnet, Net Mums, where they're like forums about, you know, you get to ask lots of different questions. And I noticed that whenever a black or white parent who has a black child would ask a question like, oh, my my daughter's mixed race and has really curly hair and um, it's really knotty. Does anyone have any like tips on how I can, you know, comb it through or what to use? Silence. Silence. Yeah. There was no one was adding to the forum. No one was giving any advice. You know, if you've got a child's got a nappy rash, yeah, they'll give you like loads of advice. But when it came to anything cultural, it was complete silence. And there was so such a huge gap in that. And when you watch TV, obviously not now, but back in the day, you know, motherhood was very much again white. You know, you'd have the Holly Willoughby's and the Fern McCann's and the um, you know, it, it just fairy liquid and and all these washing up liquids and all these other adverts, it was mainly white mothers. And often they were with black men. So then they would have the mixed race kids. And so the black woman was always missing from that narrative. And so we decided to just create a space for black women. Um, And the more we created the space, the more we saw how problematic black motherhood was in terms of you know, we're five times more likely to die in childbirth. We're four times more likely to have a miscarriage. All these statistics started to really come up. And for a very long time, those statistics weren't UK-based. They were American-based because in England, we just didn't have, we just hadn't done the research. And now that's all changed. And so we just thought, you know, this is such a great space to do. It's such a great place to hold. And so many people needed it. And we get emails and we get messages every day thanking us for like what we're doing, agreeing with us. We get a lot of white parents who are listening to us because they want to learn more about, you know, how to be an ally. And it's just kind of taken its own, it's just become its own thing, which is just amazing. And I do it with like um, three other amazing black mothers and we are all so different. Like yeah. you couldn't like, you know, one's very religious based, one's a vegan, one is a bit ratchet (laughs) you know we kind of we kind of cover like quite a lot of bases um and it's just it's just so important to be there because black women sometimes really do get excluded we we almost are the bottom of the pile it seems you know we we come below asian below mixed race women like black fully black women are just non-existent and so we just wanted to change that narrative um and then obviously 
Black Lives Matter happened. And so corporates and companies were like, oh my gosh, we need to, we need to um, have more diversity. We need black women. We need black mothers. And so then they came to us because again, there weren't many other, um, I don't want to say influencer because we're not really influencers, but there weren't any like, you know, black uh, mothers with a platform. Yes. Um, yeah. There was a few, you had like Candice Braithwaite, um, you got you got a few, you got um, Rochelle Hughes, but again, it's it's quite different and they're quite palatable and they're not for everyone. So, you know, we're just four women who just like to talk about our experiences and we talk a lot and we laugh a lot as well. Yeah, I mean, I think it's definitely incredible. I mean, like in terms of you saw that need before the Black Lives Matter movement, and I think that's really key. I mean, you know, I think it's it's great that people now are sort of taking notice, but I really kind of have you know, so much respect that you actually saw that gap and it wasn't necessarily the cool thing to do. It was very challenging when you started the podcast, but yeah, it was just needed. I think when you're, when you become a parent, you just, um, it, you, you, you join a different tribe, you lose some friends because not everyone is on that journey with you. You gain new friends. Um, and it's such a transitional period that unless you kind of go through it, you just don't really get it. Mm. And it's it's it can be quite lonely. There's such a high rate of postnatal depression. Um, there's such a high rate of mums who don't have a village. And there was a lot of women who didn't have a village. There was a lot of women who didn't have support, who didn't have anyone to call on. And I don't know what that feels like because I've always had a village. I've always had my mum. I've always had my sister. You know, my children's father is really present in their lives. So I don't know what it's like to not have a village. And just to imagine it I couldn't I couldn't imagine it so that's why we're like let's create a village for people who don't have a village and so we hold like sister circles we hold obviously before COVID we were able to hold like events and we did like really fun things like family days and stuff like that and we're looking to kind of get back into that as we turn back into whatever normality is going to look like Um, but it's, it's so important to have that community it can be so lonely to be a parent and it's just it's it's oh it's it's tiring as well and so it's nice to know that other people are tired with you and that you're not the only one going through it and I I don't I don't I always you know hate asking this question but I I'm asking this question because for me I'm at this point where like I um, until recently, I'm now doing like my business full time, but I'm, I was doing a side hustle and I did the podcast. I, I run a, a business and I also worked for an international bank. So I've had uh, lots of stuff on my plate and I'm kind of at that age now where thinking about kids and one of the things that scares me is, I mean, I had my friend stay with me recently and she was saying, oh, Vanessa, the way that you work, you can't have kids. You're just so busy. Yeah, she actually said to me, she's like, something has to give because you're just so busy. So I, I'm very curious. Like, I wonder, like, how how have you found that experience, being someone that has just so much going on and then being a mum to two kids? What is that really it's a like? Balance. Yeah. It's a balance. I'm not going to lie. It's hard, especially when you're trying to create something, like your own business. But with becoming a parent, you are learning a whole set of skills that, you know, will will do you so well in your business or in work. You know, you become the organiser, the party planner, the hairdresser, the taxi, the banker, the cook, the cleaner. (laughs) You know, you you become, you know, multifaceted. Multitasking is your middle name. And so, and also when you have a child, 
it spurs you on because you want to do even better because you're not just doing it for yourself anymore. Mm-hmm. You're doing it for your children. And so again, you just find this, um, this strength from somewhere. And remember you haven't slept for ages anyway. So when you have a baby, <laughs> you stop sleeping yeah. from about five months, six months pregnant and ah, you don't really get to sleep again until mm-hmm. like they're maybe like 12, 12, 13 years old. And oh, then, you know, that's when you sleep. <laughs> so you're, so, you're used to like, you're used to lack of sleep. Mm-hmm. You're used to like working on like, you know, a couple hours sleep, but also you just, you just have purpose. And I, someone did ask me this the other day, like, how do I fit it all in? And the one thing that I do do, I have a day that I don't do anything. Okay, I yes. literally have a down day where I'm like, I will either just watch Netflix all day oh, or just be in our pajamas. Like, yeah. and just having that one day, it just means that you've just, and when I say I do nothing, we all do Deliveroo. We stay in our pajamas. We don't do anything. I like and, that. You know, obviously that's why either on a weekend or when it's like the holidays, it's obviously easy. You can like just pick a day. And I feel like if you can have that one moment to yourself, then the other six days you can just kind of go ham and push it. But also, yeah. we are living in twenty. Like it's twenty twenty one. We're back to being twenty twenty two. Everything is on your fingertips. Everything is on your fingertips. There's an app for absolutely. Everything. everything no you're right so things that you had to have done or had to get help for or had to like you don't need that anymore you can create your own business plan you can create your own um logo everything is there's an app for everything canva you can create your own instagram posts like so there's really you just have to be a bit tech savvy and learn and if you don't yeah. know how to do it guess what there'll be a youtube like show that will tell you how to do it there is ways to learn and that's that's the other thing like I go to bed with my phone and I'm like right I'm going to create the flyer for whatever and just go onto Canva and actually it's quite fun especially when it's your own business and you want to like try different things I use Splice to edit different things there there is an app for absolutely everything that is so good to hear that's good to hear because that's one of the things that scared me I'm just like you know people will say oh my god you're really really busy you do this and you you know you have this um portfolio career like how are you gonna uh, balance it all but then I also wonder like do you feel it has a so do you feel it has a positive impact on your girls to see mum hustling and doing all these things like do you feel that kind of translates to them as well? Yeah, I feel okay. that. I also feel mum guilt. Okay. Which yeah. is like a, a huge thing when they're like, oh, you have to work again. Oh, you never watch this with us or whatever. Like, you know, they're very good at the mum guilt stuff. But then I'm, like I said, I'm doing it for them. So then I'm wet. So when we have like, you know, my youngest, she had a sleepover and we had all these tents up and it did cost a bit of money, but she was so happy and just to see her face and just yeah. to see how happy she was. I'm like, I would have never been able to have done that if I wasn't working all these hours, bringing in some money, you know, yeah. doing all that. We just bought a new car and they are so proud of the new car and they keep showing it off to their friends. And I'm just like, cause they're just, and it just makes me happy to see them happy. Exactly. And I think, yes, good. you know, there's, but you'll always have mum guilt. And that's just something that you like, even when they go to nursery, when they go to school, if you've forgotten, you know, to pack their packed lunch or something, there's, you know, no one is perfect. And so you just have to like, just, you know, carry on and just hope for the best. But you know that you are raising well-rounded children because they see, they see what work is and I involve them in the work. So I involve them in like, what do you think of this? And they help when we were doing with the, um, on my Christmas business, they were helping with like packing and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, it's just, 
involve them, but also know that you're doing it for them. And so you don't, you know, you can feel guilty, but it's just part of the package. You've given me so much hope. Thank you. You really have. (laughs) Honestly, you really, really have. You really have. Because a lot of my friends who have children have taken a step back. So I found it very rare. Or my friends who are doing like portfolio, we don't have kids. So you're kind of like one of the, the, I think the first person I think I've had a conversation with that's had a, a, you know, portfolio career and lots going on and had kids. So I really appreciate, yeah, I really appreciate you giving me insight. Kids, kids actually don't, they don't hinder you from it. It, It's just another layer. And I think yeah. you have to kind of see, especially if you if you want to take a step back, then take a step back. Mm-hmm. But if you if you want to push fo- forward, then push forward and just take everything that you're learning from being a parent into into your work. And there's so many transferable skills that you have as being a parent that you can apply to so many pieces of work. Um, it's 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 useful and and just use them. I think. Yeah, and <laughs> like, and that yeah, and that takes me on to your your business right so Mar- <laughs> march muses and it's super cool because i love christmas and i've already seen some stuff i think i need to actually get on it because some stuff is already like selling out right but you, it's, it's so dope it's like black christmas decorations like black father christmas yeah. and black angels like it's so 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 needed and a lot of people might complain and think oh you know there's not very much diverse Christmas decorations and do nothing about it but you decided to actually follow through so talk us through about you know what how that came about so again I think when you have children you you start to look at the world very differently and you want it to be a better place for them if not for you then for them and it was literally a simple Christmas Christmas 2018 I was looking for, um, I was hanging with, decorating our Christmas tree with my daughters. And my youngest daughter said to me, mummy, can Christmas angels be black? And I was like, of course they can be black. What a silly question. Why would you think that? And as I'm saying that, I'm looking at my tree that is just filled with white father Christmas, white angels. Uh. <laughs> I was like, ah, oh, maybe that's why. that's why she's asking, can they be black? Mm-hmm. Um, and so literally it, it started from then. Um, and my business partner and I, we um, have had a few businesses together, but we were like, this actually is something that we should be doing because why can't we find any other black Christmas decorations? Because I then went on to Etsy, I went on to Amazon um, and I could not find any. I found one in America, but then you had to pay however many pounds to get it over here. Plus duty. And it was just like, I don't need to spend 25 pounds on something that is really like seven pounds seven eight pounds yeah um so that year we ended up using a barbie doll at the top of the tree just so that there was some <laughs> diversity on the tree and then i was just thinking actually next year i don't want to do this i want to make sure that you know we have diversity on the tree so initially it was literally just for my our children we're not designers you know i can't draw to save my life i, I can't do crafts i'm you know i'm very much you know, not that that's not me. That's not my business partner. And so when I say there's an app for everything, there is an app for everything. And so we were just very lucky. We, um, you know, we used a, um, a service in China, um, called Alibaba, which is like, they do supplier stuff and wholesale stuff. And so we went there and we went looking for black Christmas decorations on there. Of course we couldn't find any, we found lots of white ones. And so we were like, okay, Let's speak to them and let's see if they will create some bespoke ones for us. If we help them with the design, help them with the kind of look we're going for. And 
I'm not going to lie. It took us a few tries because, mm-hmm. um, you know, in China, they again don't see if we used to say black, they didn't understand. So we had to be like, no, African-American. And they were like, okay. And then uh. also the coloring was very black. Like it was, <laughs> it was charcoal. It's like, no, we don't want charcoal. We want, <laughs> we want brown. And so there was a lot, there was a lot of to do in terms of like the process, but we launched in 2019 with six products um, again before Black Lives Matter. And that year we had a really lovely year. It was, it was really great. We, we, we did really well. I think we, um, we uh, we had a profit of um i think twelve thousand pounds or something and that was our That's first good. year we were really really excited yeah. about that and it was we only operated from september until like mid-december so in like in those three months we you know we thought we did quite well and then obviously the second year came black lives matter happened ah. um and now we were like propelled into this 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 status that we were like oh my gosh everyone's buying them and we don't have enough stock mm-hmm. and we literally sold out within um maybe like a week and we had to make sure that we were ordering more we ordered new products we created new products people were asking for tree toppers we we're like okay we'll create some tree toppers so we created tree toppers and then we got a phone call from um Lorraine the um the, the a woman on TV. Oh yeah. And she was like, Oh, we'd love to kind of showcase your stuff. And we're like, Oh, that'd be amazing. Yeah. So we sent her like some products, they put it on the tree and we, they were like, Oh, it's going to be on TV tomorrow. So we were like, Oh, okay. That's really exciting. And they literally showed maybe 30 seconds of the product. And they literally were like, Oh, there's this amazing company called March Muses. They sell black Christmas decorations. And it's a real shame that, you know, there aren't any of these on the market. So, you know, make sure you go to March Muses. And within, I think, maybe 45 minutes, we'd bought in £10,000 just in what? 45 minutes. Lorraine yeah. needs to call the, me. Jeez. Listen, I tell you. And it was, and our products were only like six, seven wow. pounds each. And we, I remember just sitting there, just seeing the. That must have been wild. It was, it was a very crazy, no sleeping couple of days now you've got to you've got to distribute them that's the problem be careful what you wish for yeah because it may come it may come true and then yeah. you have to do the work yes like you know it was it was a lot but it was it was great there was it wasn't easy I'm not gonna lie mm. it was not easy and you know I had to have um lots of friends come and help my mum was around all the time putting the kids to sleep because mm-hmm. my business partner and I we were working throughout the hours just trying to get the orders out and we were doing it all from home because we had, we were a ki- we were a a home business from the kitchen business yeah that's what we were so everything was done in our kitchens we would just do we would print off the orders we would pack it ourselves and so when we had all these thousands of orders come in we we just didn't know whether we were coming or going and it was obviously christmas time as well so there's so much happening at christmas you've got nativity plays with your kids you've got to do your christmas shopping it's christmas anyway you know, things are happening at work. And so that was actually the best and the worst time of the business. Where did the name March Muses come from? Yeah, so um, we were really struggling with a name to start with because it's so easy to kind of, we are a black business, but we're also a business. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes we go down this, oh, we're a small black business. So like, White people don't call themselves white businesses. They just call themselves John Lewis 
or Sainsbury's, yeah. <laughs> you know. And so um, we really tried to think of like what and we didn't want to be called like black gifts or black. Like we just didn't. And so we tr- we went with a name that's a bit more connected to us as people. And so both my business partner and I are both born in March. And obviously Muse is to be inspired. And so, you know, we just kind of put March Muses together. And all of our decorations are named after influential Black people who are also born in March. So, you know, our treetopper is called Mariah named after Mariah Carey, who is a March-born baby, Mm -hmm. or Tessa Sanderson, who was like a UK javelin, you know, thrower, or um, Andrea Levy, who wrote Small Island. So, you know, it's, you know, we try to connect it a bit like that, but we just thought having a name that was more to do with us than actually, because we didn't want to pigeon ourselves pigeonhole ourselves either because this is just the beginning so it started off as Christmas decorations but we've already started looking at Mother's Day we've got wedding cake toppers coming as well next year we have um, ballerina boxes with the a, a black ballerina dancing instead of a white one because I had a white one when I was younger I don't know about you but you know those music boxes are open it's got the oh yeah ballerina doula 12 yeah so I had a, I had a white one with a blonde hair so we've created a black one so, you know, there's diversity there. And we've this year we've got wrapping paper, we have Christmas cards. Um, so we're just really expanding. And so we didn't want to pigeonhole ourselves too much by be calling ourselves Black Christmas or, you know, diverse anything. We just want to be a name so that we can actually branch out to do whatever we want to do. That's awesome. That's that's awesome. I like that idea. I like that. That's really cool. And um and you know, just thinking about, you know, we spoke just now about how you've managed to do just, you know, you're so multifaceted. But have you ever had those days when you think, you know what, I just really just want to just do this one thing and that's yeah. it? Yeah, quite a few times actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> quite a few times. I mean, to honest with you. My, the only thing that I really, really want to do is be an actress. That's yes. been my dream since I was like a baby. Mm-hmm. Um, but the beauty of of being a creative is that you're creative, and so um, you it lends itself to so many different things. That if I'm not going to be on stage or screen, I need to find a way to let my creativity out. And so this was just one way of doing it. Mm-hmm. And it was just, it really did help me kind of focus on the fact that I wasn't on stage and screen and actually gave me um, a, a bit more purpose. Because mm-hmm. when you are pursuing acting, you are pursuing the dream and it's all about this audition, this audition, this audition. And it, it can become also time consuming and and just, um, th- that's why there's so much depression and so many like um, problems with the acting industry it's so high and low it's it's really hard to kind of make a career out of it and so if you aren't focused on other things you will definitely get upset and get mm. stressed and depressed and you exactly. know the fact that you aren't aren't booking jobs that this person's booking a job and so it's good to kind of have another outlet um but sometimes I, I'm like oh I wish I could just focus on writing or I wish I could just focus on on you know going to drama classes or stuff like that but life's not like that life's not you know it's not black and white that it's beautiful filled with so many different colors and we are so privileged that we can do so many different things with it it would be a crime just to just focus on one thing if you've got the skill if you've got the purpose and you've got Mm -hmm. the 
the the drive to do it then I'm always like just try it if it fails it fails but just just you know keep busy because the last thing you want to do is like leave this earth and look back and go oh, what did I do with it yeah but you didn't sort of like fulfill everything that you wanted to do yeah yeah exactly desires. and it's just and you you do think about that especially recently obviously with COVID and so many people passing away and you just think what was their legacy what did they what do they leave behind and you know I've already got my children, so they're going to be part of my legacy. But what then am I leaving them? And so it's just it's just making that stamp. If you want to, it's not everyone's dream to do that. Some people are more than happy to not do that, and that's that's fine. But that was never me. I I was always a I want there to be some sort of stamp. I want to be known for something. I want to do something. I've got like a a drive and an energy to do it. And one of these just has to take whether it's the acting, whether it's Black Mums Up Front, whether it's March Muses, like one of them has to take me somewhere where I could just be, you know, living that that manifested life that I want to live, which is like, you know, comfortably, financially stable, able to holiday when I need to make sure that my kids have everything, that I've got enough money in the bank. You know, when you do all that manifestation, that's what you think about. And that's exactly what I want. And it, but it seems like you're doing that, though. It seems like you, you, when you're saying about one of them has to take, I think all of them are taking, you know, so you, you're, you're there. It, do you know what? It's it's getting there. It's mm-hmm. getting there. We, it, but it's so much work behind the scene. I think I saw something today, someone posted it, and it's like, you know, people congratulate the um, what they see, but they don't actually see the journey and they don't see the the late nights and the, or the, the doubt. And there's so much doubt and there's so many mistakes that we have made as a business. And there's so many things that we didn't really understand. You know, you have to have a good accountant because when that tax bill comes, you're like, Hmm, what exactly? What's this tax tax bill? And what's it for? Or or no, the worst one was um, when we received a duty bill and I was like, duty, what's this? And I just thought I could just bring something from China. And why am I paying? I just paid for shipping. Why am I paying all this customs tax? And, oh, those were the, those. I know. I was even, I was even just saying like today, like just some of the costs involved. And that's what I've got an event coming up and people don't realize I was just seeing that, like the small print about how much this platform is charging me crazy, but people don't see that. They just see all the end thing and they have a good time, but there's so many like hidden costs as you, as you say, and things. So many hidden costs. And that's why we're always, you know, that's why that's when we do bring out the, Oh, we're a small black business. So is there anything that you can do to help? Or or we are, we're women in business. You know, there are many of us. So what can Can you you do to help us? Like you have, sometimes you have to bring out those cards to be like, how can, how can you help? help further our cause we are a black business we are women in business we are single mothers in business like which which card do you need to tick and you know tick it and so you can help us and you do have to call in a lot of favors a lot of the time and invest a bit you know to be honest with you this year was the first year that we personally invested into our business up until now Mm -hmm. we're really lucky to kind of everything just paid for itself Mm -hmm. so we um so we didn't have to, and obviously anyone can start a business. It doesn't cost anything. You can start an Instagram page and your business exactly. has been created, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah. it's just, it's all those kind of things. So just, you know, the scariness of investing in your own business, thinking, oh my gosh, am I going to get this money back? So I really need it back. It's, it's scary. And it's late nights. It's, and it's a lot of decision making because you are the CEO, you are the marketing, you are the social media, you are the, 
you know, the journalist, you are the writer, the copywriter, the website designer, you're everything. And there's only two of us that do it. So I think for the first time we got an accountant, which was the best money that we spent. Yes. Um, Shout out to accountants. They are the the real MVPs. (laughs) Listen, listen, just all these things, because we were trying to get investment as well, because we thought we needed some extra money. Because also you have to take a bit of a risk in order to to grow yeah and it's scary taking a risk it's scary taking investment it's scary putting yourselves out there but if you don't you're just going to stay in the same place Mm -hmm. and so you have to you know nothing is constant in life apart from change and so you have to change your situation so we'd got to a certain point we you know after last year we literally sold like thousands of decorations um and we sat there and we're just like wow look at this I can't believe how much we've bought in how I can't believe how much we've turned over and we're like and now what what do we do next and it's like well we we go bigger we go stronger we go we go larger um and so we were like amazing let's try and like contact John Lewis let's try and contact Marks and Spencer um see if they would like to stock us and you knock on the doors and you just, you keep knocking. And sometimes they just do not open because the gatekeepers I'm afraid are still very much, there's a problem with diversity in the boardroom. And so they just still don't see the vision and they feel like, you know, last year, John Lewis had their own, um, we, they said to us, Oh, we've actually got our own um, Chris, black Christmas decoration. Here's the link. And I clicked on the link and I was like, I was a bit confused. And I said, I, re- I remember emailing back going, just checking. This was the link to your black Christmas decoration. And the guy's like, oh, yeah, you might just need to zoom in so you can see her features. I was like, oh, okay. When you zoom, the number one, the decoration was gray. It wasn't black. Yeah. Wow. It wasn't black. And then it was called tropical banana leaf rainforest oh, um, Lord have fairy. Mercy. And I was just like, what is this name? Number one, I'm not tropical. I'm black. And banana. And why is it? Why is it grey? Why mm. is it grey? Why is it not brown? Who? And I, I wrote a bit of a scathing email back. I was like, mm. who saw this and approved this? Because this is actually an insult and mm. it's embarrassing. And they were like, oh well, many of our black employees saw it and absolutely loved it. I was like, Ooh. okay, wow, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you're always knocking on doors and you always yes. have to deal with like these annoying gatekeepers who who, you know, refuse to open that door, but then there'll be some doors that you will get through and, you know, you're not for everyone. And that's the other thing. We realise that, you know, racism <laughs> comes in so many shapes and forms. Yes. And when these when these came out, oh, we were trolled. I can imagine. Just It's just the way that the, the racists have <laughs> been waiting, waiting, waiting for they, someone. I to mean, just, yeah. they couldn't even take, you know, Sainsbury's doing a graveyard, but that just, you know, turned them... But black santa are you mad angels that are black we had one woman who said angels can't be black it says so in the bible they're white and i was like what what bible is that sis but i think the worst comment and so obviously we've got like a black santa and someone said oh so now it's okay to hang a black man off a tree (gasps) wow wow (laughs) that is that is just you shocking. know when it takes your breath away. You're like, yeah, what? Why but that's what so that's, that's what I can't do with. I think for me, I don't think I'll ever 
get used to it. But it's social media trolls. They they get to me. Like I even had, when was this? Um, a few weeks ago, somebody was like, you're a loser. You're a nobody. And I literally <laughs> was like, I literally was like crying. And my mum was like, you know, you need to toughen up. Like you don't even know these people, but I can't, it makes me, I take it personally because like, I'm so like invested in my work and what I do. Of like course. someone that I don't know calling me like a loser or saying anything. Taking I time out of their day yeah. to, to, to do that. And it's just, of course it's, it's upsetting, but this is again, another thing that you, you learn when you become a parent It's like you do toughen up because you have to be, there's bigger problems in this world and so you have to just and I just you know and and also because you know the truth and I think that's what's so important you know that you're not a loser so that's that's the other thing so you know that that there's no truth in it like I know I know that these decorations aren't racist so I know there's no truth in it I know that in fact Santa Claus is actually brown if you think about it he is a fable a turkish fable from back in the day so in turkey mm. he would have been slightly tanned as exactly it, it, was Co- it was coca-cola who came along and made him white rosy cheeks and mm-hmm. fat he yes. was this skinny brown guy from mm-hmm. turkey for a very long time until coca-cola disnified him so yep. you know when you know the truth and you know that you're on the line of truth all we can do is just laugh at those trolls and just be like, I'm so glad that you're triggered. That means that I'm doing my work correctly. Exactly. That, you know, yeah. that, that I'm, I'm making an impact on you and you will remember that you saw this image. And I'm glad you'll remember that you saw this image. I hope it's etched in your brain. Every time you see Christmas, you think of Black Santa. <laughs> exactly. Because Black Santa yeah. is not going nowhere. Okay. Anytime soon. It's not going soon. anywhere. Exactly. exactly. Just you, just you wait. Just yeah. you wait. And so it's just... It's it's just all these things and it's just things that are just needed in this world and you just want to make the world you you want to make the world a better place and you know it's just it's so hard to but whenever anyone asks me oh because we with black mums up front we get so many things about you know what can we do about racism blah 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 and we always say it starts with our kids mm-hmm. it really does because they are the future change makers exactly. they are the future lawmakers they are yep. the future football fans they are the mm. future prime ministers they are the future business owners so if we are t- instilling in them now then in 30 years time we we'll change the world to have these conversations yeah exactly because exactly. it missed our boat you know we haven't done it but our children could exactly and, you know it might not happen in our life in our lifetime but if we do the work now it will pos- possibly happen in our grandchildren's exactly. lifetime because they have grown better. up and so they all these things and my favorite my favorite tagline that I'm always saying when it comes to like race and these images is that they become normal and not novelty that they are just normal normal it's just just normalized it's not this this bespoke novel thing that's just no it's this is just how they've grown up but you know what I think I feel like saying sometimes like you know members of the white community well how would you feel if you had to have a black Santa Claus on your tree like yeah, how would you feel exactly. because you're not black wouldn't you feel in a way and it's like this is how we have been living our life or having a white plaster like a, a brown plaster on your white hand wouldn't you be a bit well, pissed nude off? nude was never nude nude yeah. was not nude for us nude exactly. is nude for you yeah. but you know I used to do ballet as a child and they I, we were supposed to wear nude tights now those tights are pink they don't suit my, my skin tone yeah. yes the plasters are brown Gosh. but it's you know, they are annoyed because you look at like the adverts now. There's a lot of black people in adverts. I mean, 
the doll has swung. There's a lot of black people in adverts and it's getting on their nerves. It really is. And the whole, you know, the black to front recently on Channel 4 where everything was black. Oh, the Ofcom bells were ringing. Exactly. You know, I think they were, everyone was really vexed. <laughs> this yeah. is just one day. Welcome mm-hmm. to my world. Yeah. Welcome to what I see every day. So, but, you know, there are some amazing white allies and there are some amazing, we have amazing white mothers and parents who want to do better, who want to teach their kids better, who want to know how to approach that subject about race, how to make sure that their kids see colour. Because that's another thing that, you know, parents used to say, they're like, oh, I I don't see colour. Well, that's the most dangerous thing because that means you don't see me. Yes. And you don't see discrimination against me and you don't see anything you have to see color and you have to teach your child to see color otherwise he won't be able to be empathetic he won't be able to call out discrimination when he sees it so we always push that narrative please see color it's yeah it's that is so important and i guess how do you take care of yourself you spoke about you have that one day where you do nothing else is there anything else that you do to look after yourself of course like um I I (laughs) my friends always laugh about this so when we went into lockdown I had to wash my own hair and I was really annoyed because I don't (laughs) wash my own hair I go to the hairdresser Uh, so I do those things so the things I do that people might go that's a bit that's a bit much um I so I don't wash mm-hmm. my hair. I have a cleaner. Okay. And good. I don't live I don't live in a, a huge house. I live in a, a three bedroom flat, but I have a cleaner. She comes mm-hmm. on a Friday and for three hours my house is beautiful and spotless. Ah. And then the kids come home and then it's a wreck again. <laughs> but that having a clean space mm. is just everything for me. And I yeah, I can clean, I can tidy up, but she does a clean. Mm. You know, she'll do the mopping and she'll do the windows and she'll change the sheets on the bed. And and it's £30. And that is the best £30 that I spend every Friday. And I will never give that up because that helps my mental health. That mm. I'm like, oh, it's a clean space because clutter just clutters your mind and clutters your energy. So I make sure that I always have money for the cleaner and I always have money okay. for the hair. Yeah. Um, and I've got wicked friends. So, we, you know, we, we talk to each other a lot we gossip a lot we we go out when we can and I think those you know those things having like a good gossip with your girlfriends and putting the world to rights and cussing men or or talking about <laughs> jobs and stuff like that like there's that those moments are priceless yeah having that Absolutely outlet is, having that outlet oh, is important yeah just just it, I mean I, it is good to talk and it really is it really is. And it's just, and it's just sharing those experiences as well. And like hearing their stories and knowing that, oh, they've got their, that's happening to them. This is happening to you. Like we're all in some sort of similar boat. No one is, you know, no one is that unique where you haven't had a similar experience as someone else. And I think those little moments are, are so important, but I think, and also like a glass of wine. Yes, oh, I do. I'm I'm into wine as well. So yeah, I definitely. Yeah. I think it's got medicinal purposes. I think red wine. Without it's it's, and it's grapes. <laughs> so it's like one of your five a day. So, exactly, you know, just, exactly. It's, just get it down, you. It's well needed. Well, we're coming up to the end, and with all of our guests, we're playing this, uh, I guess, game called the quick fire round. So I'll ask you a question. You just have to just say the, the first thing that comes to your mind. 
Mm -hmm. Okay. So the first question I want to ask you is if you can just tell me about the trip that changed your life or that was the most memorable. Oh Lord, the trip that changed my life. (laughs) Or the most Um, memorable. The most memorable. I think um, when I was, when I was 17, I went to, um, we went to like, it wasn't Ibiza, it was like Palma. Or oh, like yeah. just a Spanish island. Yeah. And um, this is when garage was, you know, a big thing. So you'd go to the, you'd go to islands for the garage rave. And um, my friends, <laughs> there was two islands basically in the sea. And my friends were all very good swimmers. Um, a couple of them were like a good, we had a good mix of friends. Some of them were white, some of them were black, but the white girls, they could swim. They could really swim. And so they swam <laughs> to an island. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why I thought I could join them, but I I did. And so oh. I swam to the island. Yeah. Um, and we were trying to find our other friends because our other friends were apparently on this island. We got to the island. They weren't there. And so they're like, oh, we've got to swim back now. And I was exhausted. I was like, I can't swim back. We need to oh, walk back. No. Obviously, we, we were young. We had we were topless as well because that's what you did when you were young. You just oh, wow. put your boobs out. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my gosh, we have to swim back. And so we were swimming back and I was literally drowning. <gasps> and they kept saying, Nat, swim on your back, swim on your back. Now, I'm black. And I didn't want to get oh, my hair my, wet. your hair, yes. <laughs> I couldn't get my hair wet. And it was the beginning of the holiday. So it wasn't even like the oh. end part of the holiday. And this is before GHDs. Yeah. This is before any of that. You know, you barely had a tongue. Oh, and I was Lord. like, I can't get my hair wet. I nearly died that holiday. And I just remember thinking, I nearly died because of my hair. And so never again will I ever put myself in that situation oh, where I, I nearly didn't do something because of my hair. I literally, I literally swim in exhaust me. I would have just been like on my back and just been just I, I, just, I was thinking about the rest of the holiday. And I was like, how am I going to do my hair the rest of the oh holiday? <laughs> how am I going to go out? Thank God so, yeah, we've, we've, we've moved on. Thank God. Oh, thank <sighs> God. Uh, the next question is, okay, so if you mess up, like if you completely like have a big mess up, Big time at work. Who do you call and why? Oh, obviously my mum. Okay. Obviously my mum. Yeah. You know, she's 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 always got an answer for something. Mm-hmm. So um, I've well, actually probably two people, my mum and like my work wife, because you always have to have a work wife. Oh, yes, I, I, yeah, I always have one. Yeah. Yeah. So someone that you can kind of just talk to. But yeah, if I, if I mess up at work, yeah, it's definitely my mum. And, you know, trying to rectify it is always, I'm, I'm wrong and strong. And that's a, that's a huge issue with me. That's ah, something that I need to work on. Like, if I'm wrong, I'm strong with it. And I will try and find a way to make it right, even though I was wrong. And, so your mum just kind of like, brings you, brings you a bit more. Yeah, she's yeah. just like, well, why don't you do this? She's like a problem solver. Yeah. So, you know, and I think you, you all need that, that problem solver in your life. who can just kind of, you know, have, have answers for everything and like give you options or just make you mm-hmm. feel like it's not such a big thing. And actually yes. it's only bigger in your head than what it really is. Yeah, I definitely. I definitely agree. And what's been the toughest time in your career? Um, the toughest time I think is now is not being exactly where I want to be, but I'm on that journey and it's, it's being patient and I'm not, I'm not a patient person. I like things kind of done now kind of thing. So it's, it's the long game. It's the waiting. It's the, knowing that something is going to come out of this, knowing that something good is going to come. But I'm the kind of person like Christmas, I want to open my presents. When I found out I was pregnant, I wanted to know what I was having there. And then like, I hate waiting, you know, for 
nine months to find out that I'm having a girl. Like, no, I want to know now. Mm-hmm. So this 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 moment here, although it's nice to be on that journey and everyone said, just trust the process, trust the journey, enjoy it. It's lovely. But I also want to be there as well. Mm-hmm. I want to be like where I want to be. So it's just it's just frustrating. I can I can I can imagine. And I think I know we're, we're doing the, the 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 quick the the fire out, but I want to add a little extra one. So, sort of knowing that, what is the single most important thing our listeners can do then to level up in their careers? Start something. If you want to level up, just start it and just do mm-hmm. it. I think we spend a lot of time overthinking and a lot of time thinking, oh, but I don't know how. I don't know how. There's no reason not to know how. Because it, it, we're so privileged. Everything is in front of us. You know, I didn't really know about PR and like what, what to do. So, but there, there's, there's so many articles and there's so many YouTube like shows and there's so many different things that teach you it. But I think the worst thing you can do is just sit in your bedroom and think about the idea and not, not do it. So definitely do it now. And also I, I don't, I would, I'd find it hard to do this business alone. Mm-hmm. So I'm so lucky that I have a business partner that we can kind of spar and, you know, bounce ideas off. And it doesn't have to be a business partner. It can be your mom. It can be um, a friend. But I think it's always nice to just be like, what do you think of this? So then it just kind of takes you out of your head a bit. And so it doesn't feel like it's just always there. And actually it gives life to it and, and it breathes life into an idea, you know, sharing it. Because we can keep it close to our hearts, but sometimes you don't know what feedback you're going to get that can actually change everything. Yeah, exactly. I definitely agree with that. I always say you need that. Um, you need that support system, someone to bounce, bounce off yeah. ideas from. Definitely. Yeah, without uh, a doubt. And I guess finally, where can our listeners um, follow you? What's your kind of best platform? <laughs> well, I'm on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> so obviously, I'm on Nats Dove, N A T S D U V. So Natalie Deval, Nats Dove. Um, but my business account is March Muses at March Muses, and also at Black Mums Upfront. We are upfront about motherhood, relationships. We keep it real, keep it fresh. We have a weekly podcast that comes out, and we do events, and we make sure that yeah, Black motherhood is pushed to the forefront and not left behind. Thank you so much. You've been incredible. Like I've had, yeah, so many light bulb moments. So thank you so much for being such an awesome guest. Thank you. Oh, thank you for thank having you. me. It's been lovely. Yeah, so, so pleased. And especially I know you had to cook dinner as well in between. I'm like, that's a perfect example of like multitasking. And you did it mom so life. well. It just came back. <laughs> yeah, mum life. Like you got to just make it happen. And I burnt it. Okay, what's the next thing? It's the multitasking. I tell you, yeah. you are all these different characters. You can do a business. If you can be a mum, you can run a business. You can run an yes. empire. I can, yeah, you I really just saw. <laughs> I literally just saw. <laughs> so thank you so much. So as usual, we do a debrief after each episode and I'm joined by the producer, Ryan. That There was just too many light bulb moments with so Natalie's many. interview. Like just, first of all, I can be a mum. Thanks, that's great. Because <laughs> <laughs> literally everyone, you know, lots of people in my circle 
also oh, Vanessa you're so busy you're doing this and that like how how are you gonna have kids how are you gonna do it all and I'm like listen she just showed me I can be a mum and still do all of these things that was just like a big light bulb moment for me how she's just doing so much and she's got you know these two great kids as well so it's, yeah, it can be done it can yeah, be done and that was, you know sometimes mm-hmm. you just need permission and it's just so great when yes. you can, you know, elicit someone who's actually doing it and just yes. doing so much and has so many great ways of looking at things, you know. It's just yeah. this episode speaks to so many people, particularly creatives that, you know, grow up with a single focus dream. But seeing what you can do with that, seeing where that leads you, maybe that's, you know, the start of something. And mm-hmm. That's the start of your book. That's the start of the, the the chapter. But you just don't know what chapters are coming afterwards. And exactly, what was so amazing is that Natalie's open to that, open to those new chapters and is showing up. I, I, I just love it. Like when I hear it, I'm like, you can't have an excuse, not a single excuse, because everything that you could use as an excuse, she uses as a platform, which is just so powerful. Exactly. And she's and she's very resourceful as well. So when mm. she was talking about there's an app for everything, especially like me, like I'm I'm sort of now going on this journey of being a full time entrepreneur. And I it, what it, what hit home for me is I need to be very resourceful. Like I even was thinking in my mind, oh my god, I've been wanting to learn how to use Photoshop and and edit my own stuff. And she actually really inspired me to think Vanessa resourcefulness. Like you've got to be able to do Mm. like your own stuff. Like how she was saying she's in bed designing her flyers and that resourcefulness is really key. And I think the last time I kind of dabbled in entrepreneurship, I wasn't as resourceful, Mm. but she's just really inspired me to, 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 to think like that. And even when she was talking about like, some of her challenges for example how she had to pay duty um it just made me think do you know what like I feel more ready for the journey because I yeah. feel like listen there are going to be challenges but I'm not the only one going through it like yeah, we were just man. even just you know just thinking about seeing life and doing your own things they're going to be challenges but you can figure them out you can figure them and out like, yeah exactly really like good. it's just yeah. using using your experience and feeling the pain but also just knowing that you can you can deal with it and getting it done exactly. like the whole thing about you know being careful what you wish for because it will come true it can come true but yes. you're gonna have to do the work like that was so powerful I'm yes. like it's true man that because, was fitting for me <laughs> yeah like we we want to like manifest um and you know you have visions anyone listening to this podcast is wanting to level up is wanting to start a business or grow their business or change their career or change their life in mm-hmm. some way and the start of that is a vision um but the 360 version of that is there's going to be some some work some sacrifice you know and mm-hmm. i think this episode really just highlights it's it's almost like a you know hd 1080 4k hd <laughs> vision into how what is what it's really like being in the middle of that process yeah exactly exactly I mean yeah it was just so incredible it was so incredible she's um I just I just really liked her point blank she's just like a nice individual Mm. and this is the first time we'd we'd met or spoken and she's just lovely and I love good people Mm. you really underestimate like just how that's the basics and I feel I can see why she's so successful 
So she's true. a nice laid person and she's got so many things like com- you know coming up in the pipeline and that she's doing and that she's achieved. I'm just thinking, well, no wonder Red Bull, for example, wanted you to become permanent. You're a great person. Like, no wonder Black Mums Upfront is doing amazing. Mm. You're a good like you are just a solid, solid lady. And I just really like that. It's so nice when you meet just warm people and then you can see actually what she did show was, you know what, if you're a good person good things will happen to you. People mm. will be drawn to you. Um, and I feel that's what she, she's got this kind of like magnet for just sh- shit popping off. Yeah, man. And I think that's probably why. <laughs> no, yeah. you're so right. The importance of being a nice person and being of value and then showing up and doing the work. Like it's so key mm-hmm. and it really does set the tone. And it, I just wish her all the success in the world like Same um, you know we're rooting for you now like, honestly we are we are we're you know we are cheering cheering you on from the from the sidelines I'm just so excited about March Muses yeah. and and seeing and her you know she was talking about how she's writing a play and I can't wait to see what happens with that I know she'll kill that yeah um and her acting and I'm just looking forward my mind, to seeing like, all, this, all these her, things yeah. it's like Exactly. I'm just looking forward to seeing that evolve and evolve and evolve. She was, so it was just great. So inspiring. So inspiring. So inspiring. I really hope you enjoyed this episode and for joining me for After Work Drinks. If you learned anything from this episode, please do share with someone you think would benefit. Don't forget to leave me a comment with what you learned along with a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps other people like yourself find the show. Follow us on Instagram on at Afterwork Drinks Club. A special thank you goes to Blue Water and to Pure Creation Media for producing this episode. <laughs>